Hi there, it's Sandy Tarantino, and I'm coming in and recording this a few days after I originally posted this episode with Devin Pratt. I didn't feel like I did a really good job explaining why I think this connects to social-emotional learning, and I wanted to make sure uh, we're all on the same page. So this is about Devin Pratt's carousel walk and the transition processes he has. He's got a lot of structure in his classroom, and I think for... I don't know, for people who haven't been in the classroom for a long time, you they, there is that desire to, like, make everyone feel relaxed and everyone feel like there's no pressure. But in a lot of ways, the opposite is true. When kids are in a highly structured environment, that feels safe and that feels predictable, and that is a trauma-informed practice. These kids are also able to take risks on their math in a way that's really safe, really low stakes, but high engagement, and they are busy the whole time. Let's uh, take a listen here. I've heard this. Uh, okay. All right. I'm here with Mr. Pratt, Devin Pratt hi. from fifth grade math at North Windy Ridge Intermediate. I'm going to link a video that he made for me on the bottom of this, uh, this episode. And I've gone in and edited it, and I've put in some notations about things I observed because I thought it was a really high engagement lesson. Um, but originally, I just wanted you to show me the carousel protocol, because I've not done that before. So can you talk a little bit about what a carousel protocol is or a carousel walk? Yeah, so we've all, our, all the fifth grade math teachers at North Windy Ridge, we've installed whiteboards on the sides of our rooms. And so I would say I like that. a huge amount of the wall space is now whiteboard. And so that sounds useful. I really liked, and folks who are listening, I would highly recommend you watch the video. It's 13 minutes long, um, but it's really engaging. I thought it was, I think it goes by quickly. Um, so the first step I noticed, and I actually cut this part out, was you read the problem. So I started with a three read. Um, and then after the third time you've read it, you really have a great understanding of what's going on in the problems. You give the, you release them to do about 90 seconds, two minutes of independent work, and then they turn to their partner at their seat. All of that is designed to promote one thing, which is that them and their partner come up with a plan of attack. Yeah. And so if they've both done some work, then like at least mentally, they've both tried to answer the problem and they both could potentially contribute something. Um, and it, it just kind of provides an initial opportunity for the person who's not competent at the work uh, to learn from their partner in private. And then they just kind of go to the board and they're sort of recovering that ground. So it's like a second or third time where someone who didn't really know how to solve the problem has seen that solution like kind of pri like privately and anonymous anonymously sort mm -hmm. of corrected by their classmates and uh, very safe. Yeah. So this is a trauma-informed practice you're doing where, where kids can build confidence um, and not feel put on the spot. And so, that way, when they get to the board, it's not the, like, they're not learning it for the first time. They've already sort of been corrected in private. Right. And so so they're, then, they're re they've rehearsed it. This is like the equivalent of going up to a kid and telling them what you're going to ask them so that they can rehearse that a little bit. The big question here is you've got tight, tight transitions. You've got 10 second, 20 second transitions from the kids being in their seat to being up at the board. So how did you get your kids to do that with such automaticity? Yeah, so that's just, I have um, about four timers rolled around my room at various places, like just kitchen timers. And um, it, I just sort of got tired of 
trying to figure it out subjectively when they should be ready. And so like a couple of years ago, I just like put timers everywhere. And so wherever I am, I can get a timer within about 10 seconds. And uh, I usually hold the kids to like a maximum of three minute transition, but like, uh, and that's, that's when we're going between subjects. That's, that's right. during big, big transitions, but like for little mini transitions like that, I'll have a timer in my hand and I'll, I'll hit start, you know, and when it counts up to 10, mm-hmm. um, you know, they should be they're there. They're yeah. There. If they're not a lot of the first quarter is just like getting them used to this new paradigm of time is an objective measurement. You should be ready. If 25 kids are ready and you're not, there needs to be a, and a good reason, which does happen or B it, you're doing something to where you are not ready on purpose. And so the, the kids get used to it though. Like you have to, yeah, like I'll chart them. You know what I mean? Like after the first couple of weeks, once they've had a chance to get used to this whole, like, okay, he's really serious about this timer. <laughs> uh, th- but then like after a few times of charting, you know, after a few conversations, you know, they really figure it out. And uh, it cuts down on a lot of that in the backpack at the sink, you know, getting a tissue, right. sharpening a pencil. Cause these minutes they, add up. They, they add do. up. Yeah. That, and that's, was really a consequence of like uh, in fifth grade being double tested where it's like, I have to get both subjects in and. Um, so just to clarify for vote, there are two things people may not know about North Windy Ridge. We have teaching partners here. So you're math science and in fifth yeah. grade, both math and science have EOGs. Mm-hmm. And then, and then your partner teaches ELA and social studies. Um, when you say I charted them, what does that mean? Yeah, so we use Class Dojo uh, to keep a uh, sort of a percentage system on uh, positives and negatives. And so in my class, for example, like I have a couple laptops open and an iPad where the kids can get positive points for all the work that they complete. And then uh, negative points come along with things like just the basics, like uh, blurting, um, uh, like being late to class is what I call it when they're uh, not ready Right. When the timer goes off, right. um, horseplay, being loud in the hallway, you know, just just kind of the basics. And so we'll mark it on the chart. And as we mark it on the chart, like they're kind of a daily set of consequences that come up. But really what the chart sort of all leads to is about every four and a half weeks, we have a Hawks reward where kids who in fifth grade, it's a little different than sixth grade. But in fifth grade, if they've earned 90 percent positive points, um, they get to go to this reward, which is like a half hour maybe an hour sometime. Hot, yeah. Hot chocolate, board yeah. games, whatever. Super fun. Yeah. You, you know, it gets better and better as the year goes on. Right. Um, and kids that don't get above 90% don't go. And so um, the way I kind of structure it in my class is like a lot of effort-based stuff. Like if they're accomplishing work and, and trying hard and, and things like that, there's a whole bunch of ways I try to get them possible points. I give them a point every day for showing up. I try to give them about five points a day. It usually comes in about three to five points a day. Like they can earn in my class, if that makes sense. I'm, all then, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there for a second because I act. There's some discussion about negative points. Thoughts? I mean, to me, speaking on a grand scale, like there are consequences in life to making decisions. And that a lot of this stuff is prepped really hard. Like the timer thing Mm -hmm. is not a mystery. Like uh, the blurting in class is not, it's not a mystery. Like they, they, you know, they're in fifth grade. They've been in school for, you know, many years now. And 
The other thing is that when they do stay behind from these rewards, do meet with the students. And we do go over this, like Dojo records exactly what they've been negative for. I, you know, and I, like, I'll pull kids down for lunch and I'll meet with them in the hallway. So we'll eat lunch and we'll talk about what's going on. Yeah. At recess, it's a really good opportunity to conference with kids for five or 10 minutes. You know, it's like you chew up a little bit of their recess, but mm. you're not just, you're having conversations with them. You're trying to correct the problem, you know? And then it's like, if these problems don't correct, then you meet with parents and, you know, all that stuff. And so you do try to scale it up, but the Hawks rewards are meant to be a extremely firm it's a, i wouldn't even say mechanism. firm it's objective yeah that's see that's how i try to approach it i i try like there's not i i always try to say that, like there's nothing subjective about this stuff like the timer is going yeah. you know what i mean uh i'm not controlling the time right <laughs> um their effort in class is on them you yeah. know they have plenty of time to do this stuff it's it's more than fair but as far as like a whole class goes, you know, you, you, you like the timer thing is really one of those things that makes the class appear and function in a really smooth manner. And I have to cover a lot. So it's like I really just kind of like live and die by the timer when it comes mm. to transitions. So. Well, it was really great to watch. I'll send you uh, my edit of the video um, so you can see all the things I highlighted. A lot of it was transitions, but a lot of it was your directions are very concise. Yeah. I can hold those in my working memory. Yeah. Your materials are simple. You know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's very um, accessible for all kids. And well, I think highly engaging. I think they love it. Yeah. Yeah. I see. That's one thing about the whiteboards that I, I would encourage all the schools to be doing is that they are uh, good for a couple reasons. The first reason is that they get kids up and moving. Mm -hmm. And then the second reason is that their kids really work hard at the boards. Like one problem I run into these days is that I'll watch kids work really hard on the boards. And then they will, when it comes down to pencil and paper, it's like, I kind of have to get them, get them going. You know what I mean? Like there's something about standing up and being at the boards. That's just like subjectively enjoyable for the room. Like I, it's not like an objective measurement, but I was, I say like the vibes are really good in the room when you're doing this, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of um, one of the reasons I love them so much. You yeah. Know there's I mean? the, like the management piece, there's the social emotional piece, but there's also like the criticality piece that you're bringing in to their math thinking. And I really um, thought that yeah. was powerful. Yeah, I, I, they work really hard and on, on the boards. And I mean, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to police the boards, like with what how they, they behave, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. things like that. But that's very easily done, you know? Um, yeah, I, your head was on a swivel. It, yeah, and it's easy. It's like you just go over and if they're kind of horsing around or they're not serious enough about what they're doing, I, I, usually, I have a different color marker. They all have black markers. I have like a, a blue or a red or a purple or a green. Mm -hmm. So everything that I write is should be pretty visible. To, I mean, usually this should be very visible to the kids, but if they're kind of forcing around, I'll make a little mark that just to remind myself like, okay, I've been here and I've had a problem. Mm. And if I have to come over here again, yeah, you know, I won't say it like that, but I'll make it clear to them that, you know, 
they have they, they, which you're giving them that that visual reminder to, to redirect their activity yeah and it's just like a reminder for myself because you can kind of get lost with the boards uh you know by trying to watch like 14 screens at once and so you've kind of got to make sure that you're you stay kind of tethered to what you've already done you know yeah what I mean? it seemed like you were really focused and it seems like they're good outcome um the video stops uh after they're finishing the board the, the they, they've kind of they've done their carousel walk they're back and they're completing the problem what happens after that so yeah that's when i like after they've walked around like they've had a chance to attack the problem themselves usually everyone has and, and i've had a chance to go around and talk to some groups but the goal of the carousel walk is really to highlight two things and that's kind of like so when they sit back down and, and we're talking and we're kind of discussing what we've seen it's really to highlight uh extremely positive things that we see out there and so that's I always try to start off with what looks really yeah. good to you yeah um and sometimes they'll highlight a certain board sometimes they'll say we all have uh this organizational tool that right. we've been practicing obvious as the sun and so that's always really good and then we talk about what could be improved but all that is just to give them a chance to like to, to re like, I guess the way to put it is like, they're sort of recalibrating how they're going to finish solving the problem. So mm -hmm. like they, they have like another chance at successfully solving the problem after they've seen how good everyone else has done. So these are you know. problems that are not review generally speaking. These are going to be instructional level. This is a skill they're building right now. There's two ways. Like I like to use the board. So there's two ways that like right now that I see them as really effective. One is like just giving them a task, like, like just like a, a classic, math task like do a three read it's challenging there's usually a twist in the word problem or it's a, a kind of a visual thing they've got to tease out the other uh thing i like to do is a lot of like heavy volume practice if that makes sense mm -hmm. you know what i mean so yeah, repeated exposure repetition one problem after another set a timer have them pass the marker back and forth if that makes sense mm -hmm. all right i know you've got kids coming in and planning you need to do so I will uh, leave you here. I really appreciate you making this video for me. Yeah, no problem. I uh, so appreciate you and I love being back in the building. Thanks. Bro. Yeah, no problem.